Okay, we are here. I was wondering if we were here, but we are here. And I thank you for joining me today, New Hope Radio. I had a good pro- uh, topic today because I think it's something that was very close to the heart of Jesus. That's what we're going to be talking about. We're actually going through the Gospel of Mark, and we're highlighting the things that Jesus said. The things that he said reveal his heart, what was important to him. So we'll have a little commentary around what he said, but we really want to focus on what he said. So we find ourselves today in Mark chapter 4. The crowd began to grow that was following Jesus. He's down by the seashore, got into a boat, and he began to teach. Now remember last time we said that Jesus told his disciples, always have a boat ready, right? He said to the guys, listen, always have a boat ready, because sometimes the crowd, you know, they get a little too close, and they start pressing in, and he needs a little space between himself and the crowd, okay? So guess what? They did. They did have a boat ready. So he begins to speak in Mark chapter 4, and he's going to talk about the importance of listening. I think that's the greatest failure in the life of the average Christian. Not immorality, not stealing, It's not listening properly. It's not listening. Because you can tell. You know, people go to church, they hear wonderful messages from their pastors. But do they go out and live in them? Not a lot. I don't think so. We become forgetful hearers. So Jesus tells a parable about the importance of listening. And there's four categories of listeners. Let's see which one you fit into. We're in Mark chapter 4, verse 3. Jesus said, listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And I wonder if he looked over and there was a guy farming, walking on the hill, scattering seed. Gave him uh, inspiration for his story. So the sower went out to sow. And as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road. And the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground, where it didn't have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, but because it had no depth of soil, after the sun had risen, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns. The thorns came up and uh, choked it, and therefore yielded no crop. Oh, but other seeds fell on the good soil. And as they grew up, they increased, and they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he was saying, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay? There's the opening lines of Mark chapter 8. I mean, Mark chapter 4. Now, sometimes people didn't understand Jesus' parables. Oh, the religious Pharisees, they especially didn't understand them. So, you know, the question would be, why would Jesus then teach things but not want everyone to understand them? Isn't that a mystery, isn't it? He wants the whole world to know what he's saying, but yet he says it in a way that the whole world won't know. Why is that? Well, 
He gives the answer in verse 11. He said, to you, it has been given the mystery of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, they get everything in parables. Now, what does he mean, those who are outside? Well, literally, it means outdoors, but it means away from. Sometimes the word means strange. And then he explains it again in verse 12. So that while seeing, they may see and not perceive. Because he's talking about having natural perception will not perceive the things of God. And while hearing, they may not understand. Natural hearing will not hear the things of God. So what he's saying is, you got to be in tune. you got to want to know. Ask yourself, do I really want to know the truth? Because I know nice people. i got friends. They're good people. Nice people. But you know what? They don't want to know the truth. And I try to give it to them, and they're like, yeah, okay. And they don't understand. Why? Because they don't want to know. There has to be a desire, I believe. There has to be a willingness to understand. So Jesus is really pronouncing their doom. He's pronouncing their doom. Listen, if you don't hear properly, then you're going to be doomed. As a matter of fact, he's quoting Isaiah from the Old Testament. They are willfully ignorant, and they bring blasphemous accusations against Jesus as we saw last time, right? Attributing his work to the devil. Jesus does something good, and they say, ah, that's the devil. Well, in verse 13, he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? In other words, this one's simple. If you don't get this one, you're not going to get the other ones. So you better learn to understand my parables. That's what he's saying. So let's explain it. And I'm sure you've heard this before. Here's the explanation of the parable of the sower. Verse 14, the sower sows the word. Okay, so the seed is the word of God, and it's being sowed. But the hard-hearted, the road, the path, it's really the path in the garden. You know, when you have a large garden, you have paths between the rows. That's the road that he's talking about. And how does that hard road, how does that become a path? Routine. You keep walking over it, over and over and over, and it becomes hard, and nothing penetrates. Routine can do that to you. You know, you can go to church so routinely, but your heart can become hard, and you'll never perceive of the divine word of God. Tradition can do that. Pride can do that. So be careful when you go to church. There's two ways you can go to church. Number one, you can go with a willing heart, because you want to hear God. Or number two, you can go because it's your routine. It's your tradition. And that's why you go. And you you know what you're going to hear? Nothing. You're going to hear nothing at all. And Jesus said, hey, these are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown. Why does Satan take it away? Because they never let it penetrate. Their heart was hard. Through pride, routine, ritual, whatever it was. It doesn't go in. Then he talks about the superficial hearer. He said, oh, in a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places. 
who, oh, when they hear the word immediately, boom, they receive it with joy. I like that. Oh, yeah, this is the emotional crowd. But they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. And then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. I see that a lot with hyper-Christians, and I'm not picking on anybody, but it's like they're extreme. They're either all the way up or all the way down. There's no middle of the road. All the way up, all the way down. They're extreme. They're hyper. Hyper-Christianity. There's no balance. So when things are good, oh yes, I hear the word. I love the word. It's Sunday morning. This is great. I'm singing hallelujahs and praise God. But then on Monday, the storm comes. Oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to fall apart. I'm not going to make... They fall away. They don't have the stamina. They don't have the root in the Word of God. Then the third classification has to do with worldliness. Worldliness in their thinking. Worldliness in their pursuits. Jesus said in verse 18, Others... These are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. And these are the ones that have heard the word. See, they went to church. But the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and they choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So the word is trying to grow and produce fruit, but the the thorns and the weeds, they choke it and they don't let it grow. And these are the people that are worldly-minded. Yes, they're in church, they want to hear the word, but you know, their mind is on other things. Their mind is on making money. Their mind is on getting rich. Their mind is on their fleshly desires. They're not submitted in their heart to what God has to say. And then we've got the fourth group, the prepared hearts. How do you prepare your heart? You know how you prepare it? Through worship. Worship prepares your heart. The desire to abide in the Word of God. See, your mind on Sunday morning when you're getting ready for church is, oh, God's got something for me today. And whatever God says, I'm going to do it. I have a willing heart, and I'm going to get there early. You know why? Because worship is not drive time. And don't say, oh, they're only singing. I'm not late. If you're not singing, you're late. That's God's time. Worship is God's time. It's not talk time. It's not fellowship time. It's not hanging out in the parking lot time. It's God's time. It's what we bring to God. And then he returns the favor and brings divine truth to us. Don't shortchange God with worship. That's due to him. So Jesus said in verse 20, those are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil. Why is it good? prepared. And they hear the word, oh, and they accept it. And they bear fruit, 30, 60, and a hundredfold. These are fruitful people. See, the word of a God is intended to bring light into the soul. And then Jesus goes a little deeper in verse 21, and he said, a lamp is not brought to be put under a basket, is it? Or under a bed, Is it not brought to be put on the lampstand? Why? Because it can throw off its light and people can see. 
Verse 22, For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that it would not come to light. See, the Word of God brings things to light. And then Jesus, he said it again. If anyone hears, if anyone has ears, let him hear. In other words, are you listening? He's saying, are you people listening to me? Do you have ears? Touch the side of your head. Are they working? Flap them around a little bit. Are they working? But no, it's not about those ears. It's about the ears of the heart. The heart needs to hear the word of God. Because the ears can hear, but the mind can be a million miles away. So in verse 24, Jesus said it, Take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And more will be given you beside. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he shall has, will be taken away from him. What's Jesus talking about there? I think he's talking about wisdom. Wisdom begets wisdom. Why did Jesus tell these parables? To beget wisdom. The divine truths, which are wisdom. What does the Bible say about wisdom? Well, let's go to Proverbs for a minute and see how Solomon elevates wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. (laughs) I like that. The beginning of wisdom Where does wisdom begin? Acquire it. That's where. And with all your acquiring, (laughs) get understanding. I like that. It's like you look up a word for a definition, and it gives you the same word. Ever do that in in the dictionary? You look up the word you're trying to understand, and they give you the same word. So Solomon says, listen, here's the beginning of wisdom. Get wisdom. Okay. You know what that means? Figure it out. Figure it out. Get wisdom is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 14.33, wisdom rests in the heart of one who has understanding, but in the hearts of fools it is made known. See, understanding unravels wisdom. It reveals it, but the heart of the fool will be revealed. So two things can be revealed. Either the wisdom of a person will be revealed, or the foolishness of a person will be revealed. Which one? Which one are you? Which one am I? I think I'm both. Yeah, sometimes my great wisdom is being revealed, and sometimes my great foolishness is being revealed too. So I I got both of them. I don't know about you. But the point is, acquire wisdom, get it, and God will reveal more and more to you. One more, in Proverbs 19, verse 8, Solomon said, He who gets, see, this is really good now. This is like spiritual Gnosticism. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. See, when you love yourself, you want to get divine truth, because that will help yourself. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. Okay, so again, as we go through life and we abide in divine truth, the wisdom of God, we're going to have a better outcome for our lives. That's what he's saying. You're going to have a better outcome. Will it be problem-free? No. But you have more resources to work with. 
You know, it's like having more equipment to weather the storm. So now, maybe one of Jesus' favorite topics. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God in verse 26. Because that's why he came, right? What was his first message? Message. He, he came preaching repentance and the kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night. And he gets up by day. And the seed sprouts and grows. And how he himself does not know. That's a mystery, right? We don't know how seed grows. We can do all the things to make it grow. But we don't know the magic of growth, the mystery. So the kingdom of God is a mystery, but it grows mysteriously. Yes, it does. And then Jesus said in verse 28, the soil produces crops by itself. First, the blade, right? The little blade pops up, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. See, it's a process. But when the crop permits, he immediately Puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So Jesus is saying, listen, the kingdom of God is going to start off very small and very quietly, but it's going to grow. And then there's going to come a harvest time. And you know, when we get to Revelation 14, we have the harvest in verse 15, where the angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, put in your sickle and reap for the hour to reap has come because the harvest of the earth is ripe. So Jesus is giving a little end times scenario when he talks about the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God has small beginnings. Jesus said in verse 30, how shall we picture the kingdom of God? Or by what parable parable shall we present it? And then he gives another natural illustration. I like that. Jesus is a good teacher. He said, it's like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the earth, upon the soil, though it is smaller than all the seeds that are upon the soil, in other words, it's the little tiny, tiny, teeny weeny seed, right? So it's smaller than all the seeds. So we've got two interpretations here. Number one, the kingdom begins in the soul and grows to maturity, or the kingdom grows in the world and grows to maturity. Okay, you can look at it either way. So it's like a mustard seed and it grows. I think the principle here, never underestimate the kingdom of God. Oh, it's big. It's big. And you know what? If you're a believer, you're in it. You're in it, baby. Get ready for the ride. So in verse 32, Jesus said, okay, we got that little mustard seed, it's sown, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches so that the birds of the air can nest under its shade. So the kingdom of God starts off small, but then it becomes bigger than any other kingdom that ever existed. Every kingdom throughout human history pales in comparison to the kingdom of God. Think about it. That's what Jesus wants people to know. And he wants that to be inspiration for them and motivation. Come on, live your life right. Get the word of God. Get wisdom. 
Know that you're part of a kingdom that is greater than all other kingdoms. Don't throw your life away. Well, now, in Mark chapter 4, it's getting to be nighttime. And in verse 35, Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. And they crossed the lake. But you know what happened? A huge storm arose. The wind was blowing. The waves were breaking over the boat. The boat was filling up with water. And where's Jesus? He's sleeping in the back of the boat. And where's the disciples? They're panicking. And they woke him up. Jesus, wake up. And Jesus said to the storm, hush, be still. Everything became quiet. And he said to his disciples, why are you afraid? You still have no faith? See, I would say Jesus expects faith even in the storm. Even in the storm, he expects his people to have faith. Do you hear that, hyper-spiritual Christians? Do you hear that, the seed that falls on the shallow soil? It sprouts up immediately, but then when the sun comes out, it's scorched because it has no root. Even in the storm, Jesus expects people to have faith. Then the disciples, when they saw the storm stop, they wondered what kind of man Jesus was. Yeah. So let's go back, and I'm just going to read the words of Jesus. Why? So we can get a clearer picture of what's in his heart. Okay? No commentary. I'm just going to read what Jesus said in Mark 4, beginning in verse 3. Listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of soil, and after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he was saying, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. For to you it has been given the mystery, the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, everything is in parables, so that while seeing, they may see and not perceive, and will hear, and they may not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand the parable? How will you understand other parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places. When they hear the word immediately, oh, they receive it with joy, but they have no firm root. And they're only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. Others are the ones on whom seed was sown on the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in, and they choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones to whom seed was sown on the good soil. And they hear the word, they accept it, and they bear fruit, thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. 
A lamp is not brought to be put under a basket, is it? Or under a bed? No, it's brought to be put on a lampstand. For nothing is hidden except to be revealed. Nor has anything been in secret that will not come to light. If anyone has ears, as he is, let him hear. Take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given you besides. For whoever has to him, more shall be given. Whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Of the kingdom of God, it's like a man who casts seed upon the soil, and he goes to bed at night, and by day the seed sprouts and grows, and he himself doesn't even know how. And then the soil produces crops by itself, first the blade, the head, the mature grain, and the head. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. He said, how shall we picture the kingdom of God? By what parable shall we present it? It's like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the soil, though it is smaller than all the seeds that are upon the soil, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants. And it matures and forms large branches so that the birds of the air can nest under its shade. They can rest safely. So let's go over to the other side. Hush, be still. Why are you afraid? Do you have no faith? Wow. You read the things that Jesus said, and you get a look into his heart. And what is his heart but who he is? See, this chapter ended with faith, the value of faith and the lack of faith on the disciples' part. Next time we're together, Mark chapter 5, Jesus commends faith. Maybe you want to read it ahead of time so you can get on board with me. Mark chapter 5, Jesus commends faith. I keep reminding you about the Hope Club. I'll tell you what, it's a good deal. Get a devotional in the email box every day, Monday through Friday. Go to newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar, read all about it, very short. Commit $3 a week to New Hope Radio, and you get the email. And don't forget about the Hope Club podcast. Just type it in anywhere podcasts are found, and you can get all of these messages for further study, note-taking, share them with others, whatever, teach them yourself, whatever. Do whatever you like, but I'll tell you what, we want to bring you the Word of God so you can grow and you can be fruitful. And that's what brings glory to God.